Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Tuesday morning. Ned's got his shorts on, his flip-flops on, and he's happy it's almost 70 today. Break out the baseball bats. He's like, what the hell happened to winter? I don't care. Let's get to opening day as quickly as possible. (laughs) Well, we're not talking about baseball anytime soon. We're going to talk about football. And we're going to talk about a guy who has officially come to the end of his tour of the AFC West. Melvin Gordon, he's now a Kansas City Chief. He is indeed. He is signed with the practice squad. He has not been elevated to the 53-man roster yet. But why would the Chiefs get a guy like Melvin Gordon? Well, quite honestly, insurance. I'm not sure that Kansas City is entirely sold on their running backs uh, for the rest of the year. And should something catastrophic happen, God forbid, uh, Melvin Gordon would be right there. He's still a quality running back. He just can't do it as much as he used to in his days at Wisconsin and in his days with the... They were the San Diego Chargers when he played for them, and then most recently with the Denver Broncos, and he had some pretty good years with Denver. But apparently he got into some kind of a disruption with the Broncos this year and didn't play very much and had some injuries, and, well, he was found expendable by the Denver organization and let go, so the Chiefs have picked him up, and again, they've signed him to the practice squad. He'll be a pretty good level of insurance for them. He should be, and again, this is just like with your fantasy team. You don't necessarily need all those running backs on your bench, but you know what? As fast as they go down, see also San Francisco recently, you need them. And insurance is a good thing, especially uh, in this league, but also hopefully he can hold on to the ball. All right, last night, Monday night game, two teams that were kind of mad, except for one of them beat the Chiefs. I still can't believe we lost to the Colts. They lost to the Steelers 24-17. Yeah, and this really ends, in, in my opinion, Indianapolis's cult, uh, Indianapolis's possibilities, I should say, for any kind of postseason. They and the Pittsburgh Steelers share the same record now at 4-7, and seven, and that's, that's not going to get them anywhere. So I think you can probably count those teams out. Uh, incident. It's interesting because Indianapolis picked up this <laughs> Jeff Saturday as their new coach, and it's been a... A lot of criticism. He won his first game, but he's lost his next two. So the criticism is going to continue, and the Colts will probably be in the market for a new coach next year. But nonetheless, Pittsburgh goes into Indianapolis to the Lucas Oil Stadium and beats the Indianapolis Colts by a score of 24-17, as you mentioned, and a nice win for Pittsburgh. It's not going to get them anything, but it is a nice win nevertheless. Kind of a boring game, too, to be honest with you. So boring that Moi didn't watch any. Ned Ned was trying to finish up his crossword puzzle from Sunday. I know you were, bro. I know you very well. All right. Something that people might not know, though, is how the whole transfer portal works in college sports. It's kind of a new thing. We've been talking about it. It's been around for a couple years now. Uh, but it's getting more and more common, more and more used, not just in football, but also in basketball. Well, and it's every sport. Yeah, it's every sport. But, both, but really, those are the two most common Football ones. and basketball, but baseball as well. But the rules have changed a little bit now, whereas first, when the transfer portal came, uh, came into being, an athlete could pick up any time. Anytime, say, yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm out of here. I'm going to be eligible somewhere else. That has changed. And there are now two windows in which players can opt for the transfer portal. The first one begins December 5th, which will be early next week, and it will run for about uh, 40, 45 or 46 days, ending in January. And that's really the time when the football players will make their their uh, their hopes anyway going into the transfer portal. How does it work? What do they physically have to do? Well, they have to report to the compliance office 
and we'll just say at Missouri, and the compliance people can't turn them down. Of course not. They'll say, okay, we'll put you in the transfer portal here. It takes about two days, and then their name goes out on the Internet. Do Mike Holmes and Ned Reynolds have access to see who's on there? Absolutely not. No, indeed. That's for the coaches and administrators, period, exclamation point. They're the only ones who can see this. That's how the, the transfer portal works in terms of the public knowing about it. Rumors, yeah, but who gets picked up by whom, you won't know until it does happen. Then the other window will open up in the spring. That's May 1st through May 15th, and they'll have that period of time. These are mostly for baseball and for basketball players wanting to go to another school somewhere along the line. I found it very interesting that the Bears played a game on Sunday down at Nassau in the Bahamas, and the leading scorer for Oakland University played for the Bears last year, Keaton Hervey. But he quit. He quit the team in February, said, okay, I'll wait until the end of the spring semester, did, and transferred. I didn't know where he transferred, but it was to Oakland University. And as it turns out, they played the Bears, which I'm sure was good for him. He scored 24 points, but that's how it works. You have the two windows. That's a new rule, and uh, they have to apply for it in that time period. Uh, It's interesting to see, though, also if there's a little bit of side recruiting going on. Uh, You don't look too happy here, Missouri State guy. You want to come on down? That is supposed to be not only unethical, but illegal, but how are you going to prove it? (laughs) You see, you guys hear how fast he said that? So Team USA in the World Cup has tied two of their matches. You would think that would be better than losing at least one, but really, they're kind of in the same boat, especially with this game this afternoon. It's win or go home, baby. That's exactly how it works. They've got to win it. There are no other options. They lose this one and sayonara to guitar. What if they tie it? Too bad. Got to win or else. Man. I'll tell you how it works, too. This is pool play. And the pool play comes to an end today. Then you go into the knockout round where one loss and you are gone. In the pool play, each team gets an amount of points for what they have done. A winning team gets three. Tie, you get one. And, of course, for a loss, you get no points at all. Well, the USA has two points. They played two draws. That's two. The Great Britain team has a win and a draw. That gives them four points. And Iran, who the USA plays today, has a win. They defeated Wales, but they also have a loss. So they have three points. They are one ahead of the USA, which means that the USA has no option. If they tie, that means Iran, that's who USA is playing today. They both get a point, and they would put Iran in the championship. USA is out in the cold. They win, that boosts the USA up to four points, ties them with Great Britain, and they both go into the sudden death round. So it's win or else, they've got to do that. Will they? You compare scores and you don't know. Hmm. The Iranian team is, they're pretty good, they're not great, but they're pretty good. They got slaughtered by England. Six to two, that's about a about a 25 to 10 score in, in uh, baseball. 6-2 to two in soccer is unheard of. They lost that game. It doesn't matter what the score was. They won over Wales, 2 to nothing. Wales and the USA tied, 1-1. How do you figure? It figures out to be a pretty good game. Should be a young Team USA, but I know some of us are going to get out of work early and go home and watch that game. Uh, basketball doubleheader at Drury last night. Who won? Split. You, the Drury teams played the teams from Missouri s and up in Rolla. And the Lady Panthers, who are pretty good, they're nationally ranked among the top ten, came away with a 65-36 to win over the Lady Miners. That is very good. Men's game, not so good. 
Missouri S&T, who the Bears opened up with this year back a couple of weeks ago on a Wednesday night, shot an incredible 69% in the second half of the game. Many of them were trays, came from behind, and nipped Drury at the buzzer, 82-79. to 79. So the Drury Panthers go down to defeat. Lady Panthers get a win. It's a split at the O'Reilly Family Event Center, and the season will continue. It's still very, very early. Houston's been kind of scratching the surface to get into that top spot for the last couple of years. You see them, especially when it comes around to March, they're always one of those teams you got to watch out for. They're finally now number one in college basketball, but it's taken a while for them to get there. How about since 1983? Whoa! That's the last time they were a number one team in America. This is Houston University back then, and I doubt that many in the audience remember this because that's a long time ago, but Guy Lewis was their coach. And they had names that still resonate with me because I'm an old man and enjoyed the basketball back then and saw them play on a couple of occasions. Oh, Clyde Drexler. He was one of those stars. Clyde Clyde Drexler was a great player. Larry Michaud was a great player. Uh, Michael Young. These these are all all All-America players. But the big name on the team, the man who was the most imposing force of all, Hakeem Abdul Olajuwon. And that team, that 1983 team, they played Mizzou in the uh, regionals the year before up in St. Louis and took Mizzou out in a big surprise. Wasn't a surprise at all when you took a look at the team, but they were pretty doggone good. That was known in the journalistic vernacular as Phi Slamma Jamma. Those guys, I mean, they dunked the ball all over the place. It was a great show. Last time, 1983, but they're now number one under Kelvin Sampson, and they are very good. That's not a fluke. Better late than never, even though it took almost 40 years, Ned. (laughs) Let's not date ourselves. You have a great Tuesday, and I'll see you tomorrow.